So today's episode will be covering the case of Kenneth Ray Hughes out of Greenwood County, South Carolina, went missing November 16th of 2022, which has roughly been what, about a little over three, three and a half months ago. So I think it was like the second case that uh, Loudwater Outfitters physically got fully involved in. It was probably the most lengthy that we've dealt with. But we'll kind of cover a few things and go over, you know, a lot of particulars about it, the length of time that we actually spent out there, a lot of different things that were done and, and what we know and kind of where things are at the moment. So uh, just stay tuned here with us. I think you'll enjoy the show. So again, thank you to all of the Loudwater Outfitters community out there. We appreciate your support. We appreciate everyone stopping by to uh, take the time to see what we've got going on this week and uh, give us some more support. Hope you're all having a great week so far. As I'm saying this, it is an absolutely beautiful day outside. Gorgeous day. So I think spring's just around the corner for us. So kind of puts you in a good mood. So again, thank you for joining. This is the Loudwater Outfitters podcast hosted by myself, the Palmetto Sleuth. So again, welcome to the show. Uh, A couple quick things. Mikey, hadn't heard from him in a few days, but I think he should be back or almost back. So not 100% sure. No, he's always got a lot going on. I've had a lot going on trying to figure out a whole lot of stuff to do with these these podcasts and YouTube channels, trying to switch a few things up a little bit, been doing a little research and studying, so trying to make things a little better. Uh, you know, it's always good trying to better what you do and better yourself, so I'm always looking for ways to, to make this better, look better, sound better, all those type of things. So, again, we appreciate everybody. Uh, I know, again, we should be hitting, oh, my goodness, Sumter County. I know that's probably one of the biggest things. I know that's something we've talked about a lot, so hopefully we're going to get a game plan together here pretty soon and uh, be headed down that way. Not sure if he's talked to any of the other organizations, see if they kind of want to do a group effort, but I'm sure we're going to get something worked out. So, again, today we're going to discuss Kenneth Hughes. And, again, you know, out of Greenwood County, South Carolina, this was on November 16th. Now, he was last seen walking into or running into some woods in the area of Ridge Road, Rush Road, which is, I believe, would be kind of like the the northern end of Greenwood County. Uh, not much else other than that as far as there, that's part of, uh, was that Lake Greenwood would be, oh, man. I mean, it's right there at Lake Greenwood. I'm thinking maybe be, maybe where he got out, out might be a quarter mile to the actual waterway itself. Uh, the first day we went down, there was actually Thanksgiving Day. And let's see, it was four of us. One of us had a dog. He ran the dog and a cadaver dog, ran the dog in a lot of areas down there. Had a few hits, but couldn't come up or find anything. Uh, the water at the time was, was down a little bit. I know we went back towards the end of December. The water was way down in the same area around that dock. And I, mean, I run the drone several areas around there. But I know, I think they ended up finding like a cell phone of his, his cell phone. It might have been like a, a, a piece of clothing 
like kind of stacked near a tree not far from where he was alleged to have ran or walked into the woods. Uh, obviously very, very cold that night that he went missing in that area. So, you know, so, so many possibilities, but obviously we don't know because no one's been able to uncover him, come up with anything, anything of that nature. Uh, we do know the sheriff's office at some point had ran, I think, helicopters in the area. I think they ran their own drones and some canines. You know, again, haven't been able to locate anything. Uh, I know, I think, Loudwater spent, I believe it was a total of about 39 or 40 days down there searching. So many different types of leads come in. Oh, I mean, people just calling in anything, telling anything, you know, to the family. And... They would let Michael know and then kind of switch directions and would go search this area, run the dogs over in this area. Lots and lots and lots of waterway searches, lots of that. Or, you know, Lake Greenwood itself and then the, the you know, river tributary that kind of ran into that part of Lake Greenwood. Uh, oh, man, there was even a couple spots. I was with a couple other people that uh, – I think we're near the dam. We, we we walked, checked those areas, had the drone with me in case we thought there were some areas we needed to run, but didn't in that area. I know I ran the drone up and down that river area just a few times because, again, despite all the, the, the physical on-foot searches, you can still see so much more with the drone. And the cool thing is you can record a much larger area and with that, you can always go back and, and study the area a lot more, you know, zoom in on it, pause it, look, those type of things. And unfortunately, I was unable to find anything through either one of those methods. Uh, I know that day Michael called me like two or three times, asked me, you know, hey, could you go search this area with the drones? Or could you search that area with the drones? And I think I ended up searching like five or six areas that day, checking things and just unfortunately couldn't find anything. I know this has got to be, and how many times have I said this in all these different episodes on either one of the podcasts, you know, that, you know, the families are just frustrated, you know, no, no new leads, no answers. It's, it's the whole waiting and just not knowing. And I know that's been very difficult for them. They had a vigil for him at, at a church there and Michael and I went to that and I know that, that was, that was tough on everybody. I know it's tougher on us, especially Michael, because, you know, we said that we would step in and help and do everything we can and not really be able to come up with anything. It makes it harder on us because, you know, we, we, we want to be able to find someone or give them some type of an answer or closure, what have you, and we haven't been able to do that. And that it, it gets frustrating. But, you know, again, we, we do everything that we possibly can, but most of the stuff is absolutely fueled off of what information we're given or what information comes in. And we try to put all that together and use it and, you know, come up with a, I guess, say a game plan or, or a search grid or certain areas of interest, different things of that nature. And, you know, we try and try. I know countless, countless times, again, that running cadaver dogs, and I know someone that had helped out with one of their dogs, I think one of their dogs ended up dying while they were out conducting a search. So there's been a lot of effort and a lot of time and just, you know, blood, sweat, and tears and 
just so much put into this with with no answers or no type of a, you know, not even doing all this and coming a little closer or maybe finding something that, you know, brings us a little closer to it. Nothing. I know he's offered a reward two or three different times. This is Michael himself. I think is I think at one point he finally offered up to like $50,000 if someone would just flat say, hey, this is where the body is or this is where he's at, period. And be done with it. Just bottom line, let us let us lay hands on this individual, no matter the situation, to give the family the closure. And that didn't pull anything out, unfortunately. So I know that probably frustrated him even more. You know, there has been I was looking at a couple of things here. You know, the the, the absolute amount of acreage covered it, it has been Lord knows, who knows? It, it's been almost ridiculous. Uh, and like you said, you know, get, getting so many phone calls, and I know the family was getting a lot, and they would relate to him. And again, that one particular day, I was running drones. He said, "Hey, I just heard from them. They somebody told them this. So could you go check that?" And many times, not just that particular instance for myself, but different people that that happened so many times, and we, we ran down so many different things. And just absolutely were unable to come up with anything. And, and that's that, that, that's the frustrating part because, you know, you, you feel like the more effort you put into it and the more areas of search and the more areas you may scratch off as, you know, okay, we eliminated this, let's move on to the next. You feel like you should and hope you are getting closer to actually, you know, finding the person or, or finding, you know, a good piece of information or evidence, clue, what have you. And this just did not produce that. And that's probably, I, I'm going to say that that's probably one of the most aggravating things when it comes to working these type of cases, these missing person cases, because there's, there's just, there's not a lot to go on in the first place. And... As time goes on and really not much more information is coming out, obviously it's becoming a cold case. It's, you know, the, the leads, the, the information, everything's just becoming cold. And it, 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 they're very difficult cases to work. But the sad thing about it is, as you've probably heard Mikey say several times, is, you know, you know something, say something. And there's absolutely somebody that knows something. There's absolutely somebody in that community, in that area, or that was friends with Kenneth or may have been with Kenneth that day or that night or what have you. There's somebody that absolutely knows what happened. There's absolutely somebody knows where he is at at this moment. And I just think it, it, it takes a really horrible person to not feel anything towards that to it, even if it's, you know, something happened to him and foul play, even if something like that did happen, we're not saying it did, but if it did, even so, and you're the one that did it, I don't know, maybe I'm just living in a dream world, but, you know, somehow, some way, you know, you put, put your wits together and figure out a way to at least get the information you know, anonymously, something, somehow, some way, at least just let the family have the remains to close this out for themselves because that, that's all they need at this point. That's all most of these families want, just so they can quit going through that, you know, that, that, that stress and that just that horrible feeling of just not knowing. 
and you know how you know the, the the countless sleepless nights and the constant you know looking here and looking there as you're walking or driving down the road, just kind of half expecting, looking, hoping you might see something, and just always wondering and no, not knowing, and you know, did something horrible happen to him or or what have you? You know, give them some type of a closure on that end. Or on the flip side, again, that there's somebody that does know. There's somebody that may have witnessed something or they've heard and they've heard it from the right person, whoever that may be. They know where he's at. They know what happened. You know, actually, I don't know. The longer you wait, the worse it can be for somebody. But, you know, come forward, say something, do the right human decent thing say what needs to be said or get the right piece of information to somebody so they can get it to the right people and just let this be done, you know, bring closure to this situation. But as usual, you know, nobody wants to fess up and nobody has, has the backbone. Everybody's, you know, too scared and a coward to do the right thing. And that that's what's sad about this. So in so doing, this whole this family is just doing nothing but suffering. And the worst part is, you know, the, the six-year-old son, you know, all he knows is, you know, dad hasn't been around for several months now. Doesn't know what's really what's going on. I don't know if the family's explained to him what's going on or anything. I don't know. It's not my business. I, I, I don't need to know. But if they have, I know that if they have done that, I know that had to be probably one of the most difficult things. Or if they haven't done it yet, even even worse. You know, how long do you let it go before you finally say something? I mean, there, there's, golly. So many factors and all that, so many scenarios, and just nothing's good, nothing's positive. How do you deal with all that? How do you break it down to, you know, someone of, of that size and, and that age and, you know, not 100% really understanding or knowing? How, how do you deal with that? But, you know, thanks to those out there that if something did foul play happen to him that were involved in or those that at least do know where he's at, you know, thanks to you, this family has to keep dealing with that and, you know, figuring out how to help this son cope with that. So good job, whoever you are that knows exactly where he is. I mean, at this point, just like I think, what was it? Was it last? No, it was episode four, last episode five. I believe it was. We did one on a, a Mr. Thrasher out of the, uh, the Williamston area. And... Same thing there, you know, because that, yeah, that's right, because I did a, uh, did a phone interview with the mother and, and the sister. And at this point, you know, they don't care. that They just want to know where he is. They don't care about anybody getting charged or whatever, because this has been, I think this year's going on six or seven, six years for them. They, they just want to be able to put their hands on him and, and close it out, bury him properly, because they know, they know he's gone. And unfortunately, they're probably absolutely correct and absolutely hate that. But... That's all they want. They just want to know where he is. They don't care who tells. They don't even want to know who says where he's at. You know, a, a not, you know, write it down on a piece of paper and drive by their mailbox at 3 o'clock in the morning and toss it in there. You know, wear four pair of gloves and eight hoodies and sunglasses and everything else you can think of. Shoot, wrap yourself in a sheet for all we care. You know. Write it down and block letters like a two-year-old did it, or or who cares? Tape it on. Nobody. They don't. They they don't care. Just somebody put the information somewhere 
to let them know where this where where their loved one is. And the same thing with Mr. Thrash or with Mr. Hughes, I'm sorry. Just give them the information somehow, some way, whatever it takes, anonymously, just so they'll know, okay, this is where he is or, or this is a situation, so they can get this done. And sadly, nobody wants to come forward and do the right thing and do that. So now, you know, at, at this point, you know, they're, they're, well, I mean, they're at a standstill. I know, I think the sheriff's office had said here recently in a short interview that, you know, that, that you know, that obviously they run down and check anything that they get. I think one of the family members mentioned that, you know, they get a little, a piece of information here, a piece of information there, and they run it, check it, and, of course, it turns out to be nothing. And, you know, now it's back to kind of getting hopeful for a moment and then back to, you know, back to despair again, still not knowing where he is and having to deal with that every day. And, you know, he's he's 28 years old. I mean, that's 28 years old. And, you know, that this is something that has happened to him or th this is where things are for him right now. And, and that's horrible. You know, and I believe, again, his son's like six years old. So with that being said, you know, what, what else can be done? And unfortunately, unless you get some type of new information or, you know, something that is viable and try to, you know, prove or disprove it, you know, go out, check it, run it down, there's not a whole lot that can be done because I, I feel very confident that all of those 39, 40 days worth of searching between, you know, on foot, dogs, drones, you know, by helicopter, all the different stuff, all the different searches and buildings and looking under and looking over and crawling through all of that within a several mile radius of where he was last seen, Ridge Rush Road, unless there's a somewhere that, you know, was unable to check or that piece of information didn't come out that, you know, someone has hidden him. He's not in that area. You know, could he have, because that was, was one of the things I think we did, you know, try to find out a lot more about the water situation or conditions at that time. Because I know we were told, like, the river that runs through that, that there's kind of a, uh, I guess it's kind of out in the middle of Lake Greenwood in that area that, that he went missing. So that's probably where the, the rush of water or the current of the water is going to be the strongest. So that was something we were trying to figure out, you know, how far out could he have gone or was there enough current if he had gone into the water, that's, you know, in the middle of the night, what have you, you know, would it, been, would it have been enough to have pulled him out to where the river current was? And if so, you know, how far could that pull him down? Because when you hit the river part of that, that lower end where we were, I mean, th there's so many, you know, curves, I guess you could say, to the, uh, to the water flow. So I, if that were the case, it could not have gone far. I know when I ran the drone over that area that one particular day and the water was very, very, very low, you could like see through the water to the bottom and tons of places and saw nothing saw nothing even remotely resembling what we thought may could have been something to include, you know, going on each side of the water, maybe 
two to three hundred yards and just could not come up with anything. So, you know, it's either one or two things. He was able to make it out, and that current pulled him a very long way. Or number two, he, he he's not in that area, not in that water in that area. So, again, now, you know, that speculates so many other things. You know, could have somebody, could something have happened to him and he was taken somewhere else and, you know, dropped off or, you know, I hate using this word because it sounds bad when we're talking about a human life, but, you know, dumped off or disposed of. How about we use that one? And if so, I mean, then that opens up so many different possibilities. But, again, somebody does know Somebody's not saying, so there, there's nowhere to go with that or to check those type of things because we, you know, we, we don't know. You know, and, and at this point, again, you know, I, I hate to keep saying this, but there's there's not much more that can be done. You know, this has been all this is all over Facebook. You know, this has been in the news several times on you know. Local, like uh, I think WIFF has done one. Then, of course, like the, the local papers in the Greenwood area. We have put it on the Loudwater Facebook page several times to include every time, every day they were down there, he, he was always posting something. You know, there's videos on the, the Loudwater YouTube channel about it. So, I mean, obviously, it, it's out there. It's, it's been made known. A lot of people know about it. it it's been very public. So now at this point, it's just a matter of, you know, somebody finally, I guess that conscience getting a hold of them and coming forward and saying this is the deal or this is where he's at. Or probably the, the more likely issue is going to be somebody's heard something and they start saying something. And then, you know, it gets blabbed out to the wrong person or to the right person, actually. And they run and let somebody know and finally. Now, again, I hate hate saying this, especially to families listening, because I don't mean this to sound so bad, because, again, we're talking about a human life, but, you know, if in the event his body was disposed somewhere or, you know, got out into the woods, I mean, who knows? Maybe, you know, he went off walking that night and just ended up, freezing to death, whatever happened, and maybe he's actually still there, just somebody just has not come across his body yet, and it'll take, you know, a a fisherman or a hunter or somebody on their property just happen to be walking or riding it for whatever reason and come across it. That would be the only other scenario I think that's going to happen. I I don't know. It's just... It's just sad because, you know, at that age, you know, 28 years old, and th- th- this is what's happening, you know, another young life snuffed out or not, not to, you know, be a part of society and, and do whatever that, you know, could have been their thing to do. And, of course, obviously, you know, the, the, the young son not having a father around anymore. So that's definitely, that's probably the worst tragedy of the, of the whole situation. And... You know, obviously, you know, we, we still want to help, and hopefully somehow, some way, some good information or the right information is going to come out, whether it comes, you know, to the sheriff's office itself or, you know, they call us and give it to us or they give it to the family or what have you. You know, if they call us to come be a part of it, we'll absolutely be back down there. 
But until then, all we can do is just keep our fingers crossed and hope and pray, and somebody's finally that does know something will finally come forward and say something, and let's bring this family closure. You know, we have talked so many times about all these families that, that, that we've talked to and that we try to help, and, you know, it's the same thing over and over. They just feel like no one's helping them. You know, they're not hearing anything new. Same thing. They they're they know somebody knows something. They know somebody has seen something, but nobody has the gumption or the backbone to come forward and say anything. And I, I guess that whole situation of there of trying to, you know, deal with that and then deal with the fact of not knowing, and then deal with the fact, you know, that you've got this young son, and the amount of effort that's been put into the search of all the, uh, search of all the areas for him, and we're nowhere closer than we were the first day. That, that I know that that's got to be difficult for them to deal with, and, you know, my heart absolutely goes out to them. I know it's, it's not easy. You know, and we've seen this so many times from so many families that we've been talking to or trying to help and that reach out to us. And it, it almost becomes, it's kind of disheartening in a way because it's just the same thing over and over and there's so much of this. And, and like we said, you know, the, the, the numbers, the statistics for missing persons are just staggering across this country. You know, on top of even like, those that are missing to do with human and sex trafficking situations, just countless. And, you know, you're talking probably over 200,000. Well, if you add them both together, you're probably close to about 300,000. But then if you add in like cold case homicides, oh my gosh. You're going to bump it up well over in this country right now. Well, all that combined, over a half million people, you know, missing for either one of these categories. And I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it's like a quiet pandemic or epidemic. But, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, so many people. There's so many of these people missing. There's so many families dealing with this because you think the, the actual family members of all these people from either one of these categories that are missing, well, then you think the family members are going to total into the million, you know, probably over a million family members that are, you know, not knowing what's going on and wanting answers and all this. And now, you're, you know, what, a million and a half people total. I know that kind of sounds crazy, but that's just kind of one way to put it in perspective of the amount of people affected along with those that are missing or been trafficked or have been murdered and there's been no resolution. So you, know, you, you put all that together, that, that, that is scarily staggering. And I think a lot of it is, you know, if it doesn't happen to me or directly affect me, you know, I don't think about it. Don't worry about it or however you want to say that. And actually, you know, that's understandable. That's human nature. If it doesn't affect us and you don't really hear much about it or anything of that nature, 
you don't think about, you know, people that are missing, people that have been murdered, people that have been trapped, unless you just happen to hear it on what well, a social media side or on the news or something like that. And that's it. And a lot of these families, I serve, I'm sure we're in the same boat until it actually happened to them and now it's affecting them. And now they're saying, you know, oh my gosh, this, this is crazy. You know, the good that can come out of these type of situations is I believe there will absolutely be some uh, people that will try to advocate for the situation that, with their loved one, you know, w whatever that case may be. Some of it might be like a mental health situation, might be some type of a, a drug addiction situation to where, you know, if this could not have been, in the, if they would not have been in that situation, then maybe this would have never happened in the first place. Maybe it was a situation of, you know, a, a bad relationship and something happened, you know, domestic violence, things of that nature. I mean, that, that's happened plenty of times where, you know, the, 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 uh, one of the family members in that type of a situation, domestic violence, ended up being murdered or they end up, you know, abducted, taken off, do, you know, whatever happens. And so now the, an advocacy for that situation. I mean, there, there are, God, is there such thing as something good coming out of something bad? I, mean, I know we talk about that and you see those type of things, but. For some reason, I almost feel bad saying that because you, you don't want that family, you don't want it to be them in that situation to make something good. But I think you understand what I'm trying to say. But, I mean, that that's other than, you know, finding the person or the, the remains, getting that closure, that that's the only positive that can come out of these type of situations is advocating for whatever that scenario was, advocating for, for them and trying to bring more awareness, you know, that that's what happened with the, uh, the, the Amber Alert in Texas, where that young girl, about nine years old, went missing literally like just down the street from where she was at a grandfather's house. And the sad thing is, you know, somebody nearby at a house saw the guy grabbing the girl and put him in, putting her into his black, black truck. I think they thought it might have been a Dodge Dakota. And leaving, taking off. And she was found, I think, five, six days later. Well, her, her remains were found in like a Creek River area behind an apartment complex. She's been there ever since she went missing. He did what he did, whatever he kidnapped her for, abducted her for, he did what he did and dumped her body, killed her and dumped her body. But horrible, horrible situation, especially for that poor little girl. But the positive out of it was the Amber Alert system came about. And, you know, and, and that, that works pretty well. Now, the sad thing is that the Amber Alert system is not, quote, unquote, nationalized uh, across this country or standardized on, on, you know, what are the guidelines for it to get out and how you do it and all those type of things. It, it varies from, from region to region or state to state. I think that's something that absolutely needs to be standardized. You know, we, we have standardized testing for, for roadside DUIs. Why don't we have standardized uh, guidelines for situations like this? Because, I mean, th this is an emergency. This is important. We're talking about someone's been abducted, especially if it's a child. So th there are those type of things to think about. And I think those are type of things that, that need some advocacy that, that we need to change. I think, again, I've said this a million times. Michael said this a million times. We've got to change the whole process about missing persons. I mean, how I many, you know, we have people come, uh, we were told we have to wait 48 hours, we have to wait 24 hours. 
you know, come back. But yet at the same time, and y'all have heard me say this before, <laughs> I feel like a broken record, but the first 48 are the most crucial. So why are you telling somebody to come back during the most crucial time that someone's missing? And I know exactly what it is. Well, you know, I know them. I've dealt with them before. I've seen this situation before. You know, they'll be back tonight or tomorrow. And that is like the worst and stupidest thing that can be done or said. I would hate to be the officer that said that to somebody. And then especially a child. And then that the body is found like the next day. I would probably resign, turn all my stuff in, and leave the country. That's how horrible I would feel. That's hor- how horrible an officer should feel if something like that happens. Because, you know, if you, if you want to be ridiculous and look at it in the most simplest of terms, better safe than sorry. At least take down the information and however your situation is as far as getting into NCIC. I know around here typically – I know pretty much all the smaller agencies don't do it. They rely on, they get all the information to the local sheriff's office and they put it in, you know, at least do that. It's only going to take you a few minutes to get the information, make a report, fill out the forms for, for the missing person. And depending on where it is, some may let you just fax all the information to them. Some may let you, you know, scan it and email it. Some of them may require you to do it in person. Well, if you have to do it in person, hey, you get out of town for 30 minutes and, you know, have your nice little ride, stop and get you a drink. But, again, better safe than sorry. Get it out there and be done with it because you, you should feel like an extremely low, low, low life if you didn't do any of that and then something horrible happened. So, at least at the bottom line, very least, Make sure the report is taken and get it entered in because the worst case or the worst thing of all that, if the person ends up walking back in the door two hours later, call them up and have it removed. Guess what? You're there for 12 hours. So what else you got to do other than, you know, answering a few calls and things of that nature. So, <laughs> But the whole point in all this is, you know, getting behind these families better, trying to advocate better, you know, picking certain situations or scenarios, especially if it's something that keeps, seems to keep happening over and over, and not just in that area, but in different different you know counties of that state or different states, different regions. We seem to be seeing and hearing a lot of the same thing. There needs to be some changes. You know, I, I hope anybody listening to this is, you know, thinking, you know, what, what can I do? Is there something I can get involved with, something I can do to help? Well, I mean, yeah, you can, uh, other than the search part of it, is start contacting you know, you, your local representatives, you, you, your state representatives. Talk to them and say, hey, you know, that this is a situation here. If more and more people will do this and these elected officials start to hear from more and more people and different people, not the same ones over and over, but, you know, 8, 9, 10, 15, 20 different people, 100 different people about the same type of situation, then it's going to start producing the thought of, you know, that this is something we need to look at. It, it sounds like we do need to change something. We do need to standardize certain things. And we absolutely need to do that in this state. We need to standardize the whole situation on taking down missing person reports. I mean, this is the bottom line. This is it. Do it or, you know, deal with whatever comes along afterwards. 
And then the whole thing about the Amber Alert to follow along with it, you know, let's, let's produce better guidelines for it. But it's going to take people like you to contact them, send them an email, find out what their email is. You should not, it should not be hard to find it on, you know, whatever state you're in. But around here, you know, the state government website, whoever your representative is, you should be able to find out who that is. There's an email or just call their office, get an email, and start sending them one. Get family, get friends, get coworkers, people in your neighborhood, people in your church, your Sunday school class, the, the you know, parents that your children's children play ball with, whatever the group, whatever situation, try to get somebody to do the same thing. Just simply take a few moments, you know, do all the legwork, you know, get, get the phone numbers and emails ready. And just say, hey, all, all you need to do is just send them a quick email. Say, hey, you know, this is a situation, this is concerning. We, we, we need to change this process and help us move this forward and help us figure out ways to get this standardized and looked at better and taken a little more seriously. So, again, you know, it, it comes about it, – it, it's going to be up to you. And we know our community at Loudwater, they're a large group. They're good people. Hopefully you're watching this, and maybe that will spark you to do that, it, but also spark you to tell other people and try to get other people involved to do the same thing. You know, let's start a wave here. Let's let them know down in our state legislature that this is a problem, and we know we can't fix fix the problem, but we can put, you know, steps in place to make it better, make it easier, make it quicker if and when something happens to a family. So let's do that, guys. Gals, let's get together and let's advocate and let's make that happen. You know, want to know more or have some questions or any information you want to know about to do with all that, you know, reach out, send us an email at loudwateroutfitters at gmail.com, or you can send one to me if you want to at palmetto sleuth at gmail.com, or I'm sorry, palmetto sleuth 978 at gmail.com, or message the Loudwater Outfitters Facebook page, and we'll, we'll help you figure out whatever questions you got. We'll help you find answers, help you figure out what, you, what, what it is that you're wanting to do. So... I hope this was interesting. I hope this reaches the right person that knows what the situation is with Mr. Kenneth Ray Hughes and can give this family some closure. Hopefully this will get to this person and they'll come forward, do the right thing, and let somebody know so we can help this family bring closure because that's what this is all about is just helping them find that closure so they can rest easy again at night. Appreciate you all. We thank you all so much for the support. Looking forward to getting back into the groove here really soon. Again, if you have any questions, anything you want to know about, or any ideas of what you know extra you can do to help out, help help us out, or help these families, you know, advocacy, anything of that nature, hit us up one of those emails or you know send a message to the Facebook page, and we'll be more than happy to help you figure that out and see what we all can do together. So again. You guys have a great, wonderful weekend coming up. Appreciate all the help. And as Mikey always says, if you know something, say something. And as always, stay safe. Thank you.